0: Take down the boss of bacon. Yeah. The Boss on, the
1: boss of hey. You a B-O-S-S, you know that you bless yes. Tell you a boss and your drip and your every step. This podcast that helps you comfortably rock in life and business. The show where you learn what it takes to be your own boss. Your one-stop shop for tips, tools and resources. Your sweet spot for digital online business startup. When you're looking for your next step in life and business, we've got you covered. Where emerging entrepreneurs come to level up their game with your hosts, Powerhouse Performance Couple, expert leaders, Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy.
0: Welcome back to another episode, y'all. This time we have some real power up in the house with y'all. And you know I'm being funny when I say real power because today we have none other than Mr. Will Power himself. A faith vessel whose purpose is to help people achieve the highest level of themselves. How yes. you doing, Mr. Will Power? I'm doing,
2: I'm I'm doing amazing. I'm doing amazing. It's been a wonderful start to the year. Thank you all for having me. Thank you all for giving me the opportunity to be on you all's platform and the work that Queen Kimmy and Sean have put together to to create a opportunity for people to have a voice. So thank you, thank you, thank you to be bold, to be outspoken, to be a boss. So thank you for for creating that
1: platform. That is what's up, man. We definitely appreciate that.
0: Well, you know, when you meet someone for the first time and you like have a conversation with them and then you talk to them again and they can just remember what you stand for. I love the way you drop that bold, outspoken, soulful storyteller. You know, let us know you are truly listening to the Boss Effect podcast. I love that. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe in, you know, making sure you gather all the information that you can before you, you take on any any adventure, any task, anything of that nature. So in, in, in doing so, I did my due diligence to make sure that I was prepared.
1: That is definitely what's up. So, Will, man, tell the, tell the listeners out there that might not you know be familiar with you, man, tell them a little bit about yourself.
2: Again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is William Hall, aka Willpower. I am a speaker, I am a giver, and I'm also a servant within my local community and abroad. Uh, I've had the opportunity to be mentored by people such as Les Brown through his master class, along with other mentors to be able to venture into understanding and be- building generational wealth, but not forgetting where I came from or what it is that I had to experience as a child from being in progress to not being able to read to being able to utilize everything that that God has brought me through to be able to bring joy, peace, and, and, and advice, and, and and therapy, and counsel, or whatever hat that needs to be worn to the people around me, and, and affect uh, uh, and impact those people in a, in a large way. You know, Namely, being able to have fifth year of blankets in the park, which is a blanket drive that goes to help uh, the homeless within the local Atlanta community.
1: Matter of fact, can you tell our listeners how they can actually help, um, you know, say, provide some like blankets to you guys for that?
2: Perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, if you want to, please, please, please go to Eventbrite. As soon as you go to Eventbrite, you, you put in the search location for Atlanta. I hashtag everything. So if you do donation, if you do drive, if you do blankets, if you do philanthropy, if you do humanitarian effort, whatever the case may be, you're, you're going to be able to find the blanket drive. On there, we do have a Amazon link within the Eventbrite that allows anybody that wants to give to those who are less fortunate, to those who have been through this zero degree weather, being that winter is not over, then you have opportunity to do so. Just visit the Eventbrite; all the information is there.
0: Well, you know what? I love the fact that you're telling us, you know, how we can go and do- donate that. But you know, in, in the words of Maya Angelou, "Don't nobody care." if you don't tell us why that matters in the first place, like why is that important to you? What what brought that about like blankets in the park for myself? You know, I can definitely relate to being homeless and sleeping in my car and, you know, having to come from that that background of wanting to give back from something that I've experienced for you. What would be the reason behind blankets in the park?
2: Essentially, when I when I gained the idea, I've been in uh, in corporate retail. I have, to, I have to say it's corporate retail because it's a little different from you know other companies that buy into you know outsourcing and being a retailer for Verizon or an Infinity. But just to start from the root of it, while I was in corporate retail working for Verizon, normally you know we have holiday hours. So during those holiday times, you're not able to go home. So this one particular year, I want to say it was 2000 and. Fifteen. It was two thousand and fifteen. I was a friend and myself, uh, and I were walking through Centennial Park because I, I couldn't go home, so I was trying to find some type of solace for not being able to 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 spend time with my loved ones, with family, so forth and so on. So we passed a number of uh, homeless people while we were walking through Centennial Park, and it just touched my heart in a way because you know I can remember going through a dumpster trying to find something that somebody else threw away because they thought it was trash and trying to take that out of the dumpster to either get it repaired or maybe just to take it on so I could show it amongst my peers like, hey, even though I'm in middle school, I'm in high school going through this, I'm not lacking anything. Yeah, it might not work, but from face value, it looks like I have the exact same opportunities as everyone else. So I took everything, that, like I was saying earlier, that I had experienced and I thought it necessary to think outside of myself. To be selfless in this idea, instead of me worrying about what I'm not able to do during this holiday season, let me think about what I'm able to do for those who have even less than what I have during this holiday season. And so Blankets in the Park was born.
1: That's what's up. So you yeah, you said you just started it this year or last, it's year, fifth, last year? This is the, the fifth, fifth year? year. This is the fifth year. Yeah, it's the fifth year. Fifth year? That's definitely what's up, man. Yes, sir. Gonna, fifth gonna, year. I want to back backpedal a little bit. You said that you had the opportunity to work with Les Brown. What made you jump into the speakers world? Like what 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 was that came came about that said, you know what, I want to become a speaker and you just decided to go forth and, you know, cause Les Brown, that's that's legendary.
2: Right, right. This man, man, legendary is is definitely one of the words to describe that man, but <laughs> when somebody something is placed as a gift over you, it definitely shows. And what got me into speaking specifically—not to try to make it profound, but I wanted to—I wanted to go. I want to come from an authentic standpoint because, truthfully, my—I'm a, I'm a PK, so I'm a preacher's kid, right? My my mother has been a part of gospel groups, and you know, she stayed in the choir. So I probably went to church on some Sundays, maybe three or four, maybe five churches on certain Sundays. So I've I've seen growing up. Even though my father didn't set the right example by speaking from a pulpit, I still was surrounded by speaking. So as I matured, as I grew up, I had this eagerness to have a voice and to be able to speak for those who didn't have a voice or who felt like no they were being overlooked. From that, then it, it progressed into encouraging my team while I was working within working for with Verizon and a number of other teams, where I was kind of forced into the forefront because I was very good at my job at that point, and still at this point, it was sales, you know, sales from from a technology standpoint, sales from a, a mobile standpoint. So that began to build, and I realized that I had something because I was able to come in on Friday morning meetings, whatever Sunday morning meetings, and I was able to effectively change and impact to create a highly successful team so it dawned on me like okay no people are really paying attention to what I have to say like it's really affecting them in a positive way and what clicked for me was people coming back later on even if I touched them physically or maybe they heard my voice on the call it actually changed something about how well they were doing their job so then It progressed from, okay, let's take this a step further because I understand that there is a larger dynamic to it. There's a larger audience. There's the world. I mean, Les Brown showed us that that there's the world that you can impact with your voice as long as you tune it, as long as you're able to shape it in a way that is impactful to not only your culture, but to all cultures. So in my avoidance of being a pastor, (laughs) because of the example that my father had made, I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go this route. So I paid the money and... A funny thing about it is while we were down for the Great American Speak Off, I had an opportunity to kind of revisit those memories of the first time that I was able to meet Les Brown and take that approach to building up my ability to speak and ability to impact people with my voice while we were down there. Just to replay, okay, we're here down here in Miami, and I'm also able to go back and retrace my steps to understand the importance and the passion and the purpose behind having a voice, behind using your voice for a benefit to others.
0: Okay. Using your voice for a benefit to others. You know, we have so much common. I see now why we gravitated to one another. You said so many things that I could have literally been standing on the other side of this screen saying. And, you know, to all of us, you know, who grew up with church families that forced us to be at church on Sundays from the early morning when we have to be there to cook the breakfast all the way to the evening. They have to be there to clean up. And the only day that we got to stay home was on Monday. Every day, we were there, okay? All right. So so I can understand that, but I want to commend something you said. You said you got out and you were able to experience other cultures besides your own. Right now, I know that you're a boss. I mean, hey, you told me that already. What? (laughs) In experiencing other cultures besides your own, like right now, you're doing so many things. You're truly an activist and you're investing. You're teaching people how to invest. What is it? that you would say that is the most critical thing that you've learned by getting out of your comfort zone and expanding and experiencing other cultures?
2: Just a quick story, quick story. And then I'm I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give you the answer to that question, quick story. So when I graduated from high school, I went from high school to play football in Tennessee. From Tennessee, which was was which was at that time, where it still is, I went to a predominantly white institution to play football. Then I went from there to Savannah State, which was a predominantly black, it was HBCU <laughs> to go play football. And so I went from there to continue my education to Jacksonville State University, which was another PWI. And throughout that time, I also traveled to put myself in places so that I can experience other cultures. The biggest thing that I noticed going from the Caribbean to further out to other States, to having the opportunity to travel and just meet other people, you know, in other States and other cultures while playing football or while traveling was this one thing. And it's one thing that I always say, and I've, I've said it for years is that the world is devoid of true love. The biggest, the biggest knock from all of our cultures, the biggest separation that creates social injustice, that creates systemic racism, that creates colorism, that creates biases, that creates all these negative adjectives, these negative constructs that pull apart culture is love. This missing true love for one another.
1: That's on point, man. We being military family, we've traveled a lot. And we have the opportunity to to travel the world and and meet different people in different cultures. And um, definitely love, man. Every every place that we've been to, when we link with different people, that bond that we have with those people, we still have to this day, man. And like you said, mm-hmm. it's because of the love that we that we have for each other, isn't it? We we're not worried about a what background you have or whatever whatever. It was that common ground that we all felt, that we all right. just built upon from
0: there. I remember the first time I heard the word. Agape. Yes. Mm -hmm. Agape. The first time I heard that word, I thought that it wasn't possible. I didn't believe that it was possible for that type of love to really exist for humans in this day and age. And Mm -hmm. as I started to realize and do the work, you know, like you're a believer too, like self-acceptance, you know, once you can learn that Mm -hmm. self-acceptance and learn who you are and who you are and how you're moving and showing up in the world it really changes a lot of who we are and how we show up and we want to be of service to others and we want to fill Mm -hmm. in those voids and those things in the world that were needed for us when we were growing up
2: and you know the, the other thing about it i'm going to take it a step further because it's progress since the time that I've noticed it, because I mean, I, I probably started saying this maybe eight, nine, 10 years ago, but where we are today in our society is that lack there of love is now starting to create a separation within yourself. So now there's a loss of self identity because you don't know how to truly love yourself. So it's not only separating from cultures, not separating you from yourself, So it's also creating a larger gap because think about that. If we knew like this culture understood love from this definition, this culture understood love from that definition and then, okay, there would be a little bit of a separation because of belief, but then you understand, okay, it's still a kindness. There's still a care. There's still a willingness to be altruistic in your thought process in order to fulfill those different definitions of love. So we can come together in some standpoint, we can, we can find some common ground, but it's hard to find that common ground when you can't find that love within your or that love for yourself.
0: You know why we do the Boss Effect podcast and why we believe in a world of bold, outspoken soulful storytellers is precisely that and that alone. We believe that the stories that we believe, the stories we tell, the stories that we become involved in really help to cross that cultural divide and help us to understand that there's no such thing as normal to one culture that is normal to another culture. So us providing a platform for speakers, authors, coaches, entrepreneurs, first generation entrepreneurs, us providing. This platform is literally for for your voice to be heard. So someone who is not familiar with your background and your culture, who knows that hey, I want to learn more about you and what you went through, and how we can come together and create that world where we can all grow, thrive, and come alive. Which is one of the things that I really, 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 and truly um, love about the movement. You know, not just the movement that you have with the blankets in the park, but what you were doing when we met at the Great American Speak Off. You came with purpose. You walked around with your book, with your tablet. The whole time we were there, I noticed the way you network. I noticed the way you move. So when we say, you know, Ah. the world is void of love, I want to challenge you because we too were trained by the great Les Brown. I remember the day I got ready to meet Les Brown. I practiced all day what I was going to say. I was in the mirror. (laughs) I literally, I was so excited. And I was like, whoo, I'm going to say this. And I'm going to say that. And I started talking and let's cut me off.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that, that, boo, But I, you Hello. know what, you know what, Quinn, Kimmy? I, I think you're going to tell the rest of it because you got to <laughs> tell the rest of it what he did after he cut you off. When he does that, I think it's so amazing. Like I think his gifting is exemplary for what it is that we have to do as speakers, as orators to be able to tell our story. I've never seen a man stop somebody mid-sentence, a mid-story, take what they've already said, and take it to a level yes. in such a <laughs> short period of time i've never yes. seen that before like i that blew my mind i was like whoa, i want to be able to do that because that's amazing yes it is. well <laughs> being a
0: prodigy of les brown us and you i'm gonna say right now that that's why you're sitting here on this boss effect podcast because when les brown cut me off les brown said to queen kimmy queen kimmy don't basically in my own words less us then say it like this This uh-huh. how i took it my little feelings was hurt he said, "Queen Kimmy, basically, don't nobody want to hear all that. You got out, so let us hear about what you did to overcome, so you can focus on these three things that you can give back now." And I was like, "But let's I want to tell you how we got Queen Kimmy. What did I just tell you to focus? But but listen, you know I'm a woman, so you know we want to get the last word in, right?
2: Yeah, man, that man is amazing, man. He really is, you know. And and if you do everything out of love, even though he cut you off." You know, even though it was kind of like abrupt. It's like, no, I'm still doing this in a, in a corrective way, but I'm doing it from a loving standpoint. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whatever correction it is, regardless of how it comes across, well, not necessarily how it comes across, regardless of whatever it is, I'm, the approach is still going to be from a loving standpoint because at the end of the day, you're able to retrace that. Even if a person doesn't receive it that well, eventually it hits them later on down the, down the road and they're like, dang, they said that for my benefit. Or dang, they were trying to do that for my good and I didn't, see, I didn't catch the love at first. But now you start to appreciate it that much more and so those are the things that we have to do to also be open with love. You know what I mean? When you're making yourself vulnerable, man, you got to put a, a level of love between you and the other side as well. Because otherwise, people just start knocking on your door and knocking that ball down of love that you built around yourself, and then it, it kills that construct. And then you start to question yourself and your self identity. So that's that's huge. That realization and staying footed in love, I think that's a huge piece.
0: And, and love is not conditional. I want to add that too. Love is not conditional, but we my husband going to take over here, but love is not conditional. If I love you, I don't love you, and then you do something and make me mad, and now I don't love you anymore. That's not love. That's I, But we can talk about that on another podcast. Um, All right. <laughs> but I, I will say that. That moment with Les, all the moments that I've had with Les have really changed my life. And and I'm, I'm always honored when I can meet other speakers who believe in leaving their legacy and who are actually being of service. And I would love to know more about your services and what an average day would look like in the life of Will Power. Currently,
2: an average day in my life, currently as it stands right now going to go manage when i get back off leave right now i'm on leave uh because my wife and i just brought in a, a baby girl so she's going on nine weeks so currently it's is making sure that she's straight making sure that my wife's straight then i'm, I'm working on the back end with the, within the office to uh put the, put together and contact the homeless shelters to see what the blanket drive totals uh where what those look like currently so i can know what to tell the shelters contacting networking to be able to be on more platforms, on more stages to spread that word uh, of love, to, to, sp- to spread the philanthropy that's going on uh, within the city of Atlanta through the William Hall Foundation, uh, as well as building and, and preparing and helping others. So sometimes I get random calls from friends just needing advice, or I just talk to a mentee of mine that has been a mentee since college. Uh, I was a truancy officer while I was at Savannah State, and we're still connecting. Having those networking connections, having those beneficial and, and real authentic relationships with the people that I've met in my past, continue to build on those and to continue to, to take steps above on what I'm trying to achieve now. Currently what's added to the plate is working on my second book. So um, I'm I'm going through uh, a daily process of getting a, a chapter or two done for that, as well as writing a curriculum for the gold standard life coaching process that I feel like everybody should create, whatever that is in their mind, that should be their gold standard. You'll be able to understand what that is for you, set that goal, and then I'm able to help you achieve what it is, what, what it is that you have set on your heart, what it, whatever it is that your passion is and it is your purpose. So from that, and then periodically eating and making sure that my health is on, on point because I get up and go work out in the morning as well, that's usually what a day is. Uh, that's usually what a day is. I'm, I'm constantly trying to build on something that's already set and then adding more pieces to it so that, at the end of the day, not only am I creating legacy, but I'm also creating generational wealth for my children.
1: That's what's up. William, speaking about generational wealth, I think it's a good time to let's jump into that game. 10K in 10
0: days. You ready to play? Okay. Wait a minute. Let's play. We need to confirm if he's a boss, because I don't think I heard it. Oh yeah, matter- f- <laughs> uh, Mr. William, why don't you tell the folks,
1: man, if you a boss or not?
2: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is William Hall, AKA Willpower, and I am a boss.
1: Y'all heard that here on the boss effects so so he said he a boss. Now we about to find out. So, Mr. Will, I'm going to go ahead and drop these rules to you. So, the name of the game is 10K in 10 Days. With that being said, you got 10 days to make $10,000. We're going to give you $100. Nobody knows you. So, you're starting off with this $100. You can't borrow any money from family or friends or banks. You can use the Internet. And you can use your, your intellectual property that you already have. You can use your businesses that you already have now, any books that you have written, any things like that you have right now, you can still use. But once again, nobody knows you. Then you're going to get a beta truck that you can get around town in. But in this beta truck, it's only going to get you from point A to point B. You ain't going to be able to leave out of town in that beta truck. You try to leave out of town, what's going to happen,
0: Queen Kim? You're going to break down. If you try to pass the city limits, it's going to go pluck, pluck. And you're going to have to
2: <laughs> truck.
1: Now, if you're able to get this 10K in 10 days, we're going to gift you another 10K. So you're going to leave out of here with 20K. In okay. bucks. In bucks. Yes, man. So tell our listeners, step by step, how you are going to go about getting that 10k in 10 days
0: yeah and when you're telling the listener keep in mind that we really want you to break it down in steps because there's someone at home right now who's struggling and they said i want to be a boss well william hall said he a boss and he can make 10k in 10 days how can i do it
2: can i can i give you two ways to do it you can give us many ways whatever way yeah I can, I can give you two ways to do it there there would be two ways to do it um, one of those ways that you would be able to, to do it with only having a hundred bucks. Um, cool thing that I learned from one of my mentors not, well, a couple of years back, uh, which was my same real estate uh, mentor. So the way that you would do this is you would go to Q Public. Or you would go on to the uh, the county website. That's one of what, one one of the ways that you would do it. What you're looking for uh, with Q public, public, what you're looking for within the county website is you want to go to the either you want to go to the police auction, or you want to go to uh, on Q Public. There is a link. I think I go through Q Public to find this. There's a link where you're able to find abandoned vehicles. And for both, whether it be the police auction auction or the abandoned the abandoned vehicle auction even through tow truck companies, they're gonna have an auction for the vehicles that they have towed in. Now, most of the time, what usually happens is either this is an abandoned vehicle from some type of, uh, either it's police related, which will get it into the police option, or sometimes it's police related and they give it to the tow truck company and nobody pays attention to the property that's being brought in. The reason why this is very beneficial is because you have yourself going to an auction, whenever it is to take place within that 10 days, to be able to bid on something that has 10, 20, 30 times the value of that $100 that it's going to take for you to purchase whatever it is. So this is one of the easiest ways for those who are listening. This is one of the easiest ways for you to be able to start your own car dealership. Obviously, that's going after 10 days. But if you follow along in the process, you find the right option. Once you go onto the list, some some tow truck companies, depending on the lake, is going to show you the condition of the vehicle that you're going to purchase. And then depending on if it's rolling or whatever the case may be, you can purchase that vehicle. And as long as with everything that you already have, you're going to take that beta truck. You're going to get a hitch. You're going to rent a hitch for about $30 of that $100. You're going to hitch it to the back of that beta truck. You're going to take that vehicle that you just got on the auction for maybe $30, $40 to either a larger auction through Mannheim, or you're going to take it to CarMax's auction. And then you're going to re-auction that vehicle after it's already been retitled in your name because you have the paperwork for it. And then you're going to get your 10K. Another way we'd do it, be doing it, that you could do it is through housing. Now, the only thing about housing, I've seen this done personally. But it does take a level of timing and opportunity. And the reason that I say this is, okay, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to go to an auction. Now, you're going to the auction. Most times people find within the county, the Sheriff's County website, which you're going to go onto the Sheriff's County website to look up whatever it is in the state of Georgia, what properties are being bid on are going to be auctioned off at the first t- Tuesday of that month. So the cool thing about... Uh, that hundred dollars that you have, you have two options, or I'm gonna say three. You have three types of properties that you can potentially bid on that you can per- you can purchase with that hundred dollars that is going to ultimately. Turn around the value of that hundred dollars. Now it won't be cash value immediately, but you are you already have the property, and the value is in the property. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so within within the the realm of tax liens, if you do a normal traditional tax lien, you have to wait a year forty five days in order to redeem the cash value or whatever it is that you you bought for that property. For instance, so let's say whatever the case may be, at the end of that year forty five days, either that property becomes yours, or you're going to be paid one hundred and twenty percent of what it is that was paid into it. Back to you okay but what you want is the property so three types of properties a normal uh tax lien or you can do a fifo property which it is which means uh, essentially is coming to you and it's been put up for auction for lien purposes. So that means somebody didn't take care of the lawn or something along those lines and now fees that have built up now because of the fee amount is now being pushed to auction. There's another option. Then there's a, a HOA option. Somebody wasn't paying the HOA so that, that particular property came up for auction. But for what it is that you're trying to do to create that $10,000 or that $10,000 value from that $100 you want to get a normal tax lien. You want to make sure that you get a property that 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 supersedes that $10,000 amount. So as soon as you buy that house on that first Tuesday of the month, after you've done your research by going to the county, the the Sheriff County's website, you're gonna know that whatever it is under that $100 that you paid that nobody else wanted to bid on that house, that at the end of the day, that you just flipped that $100 into whatever that $10,000 amount above that you were looking for for that property now is yours. I don't know if that fits because you don't get the cash value, but you do get the value of the property whenever it is is able to be cashed out.
0: And so how does somebody come work with you, boss? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm here. If you want to reach me, uh, I literally have my content uh, manager. She's revamping my entire website. I'm so excited about that. But my website is www.definewillpower.com. If that's not your, your preference, then you can find me on social media. It's underscore, it's IG at underscore Define Willpower underscore. You can find me there. My business number is on there. I also give out my business number as it stands right now. I do foresee this changing, <laughs> but as it stands right now is nine one zero six eight eight three six six eight. And whether it be from an investment standpoint or it be from a coaching standpoint, I'm here and available. Um, Right now, I'm doing free first sessions just off the strength of trying to build that clientele and also to be able to impact people because one thing that I've realized is because I'm doing it out of passion, because I'm doing it out of purpose, the money is always going to be a side effect because I love
0: what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, repeat that phone number one more time for our listeners. You kind of went fast there.
2: I'm sorry. It is 910-688-3668.
0: So
1: Will, man. Before we let you get out of here, tell our listeners, man, what's that one profound statement that you want to leave behind for the world to know will last? Oh, I like
0: when you ask that question.
1: So willpower.
2: You know, the interesting thing about every so the website, the Instagram, you, you hear this define willpower. And of course, define willpower it has its own definition within Webster. But for me, for people to understand the the William Hall, for people to understand willpower. My quote, my statement is, faith is the engine, God's will is the power. And that's what I live by.
1: Y'all heard that here from Mr. William Hall, aka
0: Will Power, here on the Boss Effect podcast. Yes, indeed. And, and just for the record, on this platform, we want to make sure that we're giving voice to people who need it, who are truly making a difference and not just all about the money. Yes, we are bosses. Yes, we want you to uh, be successful. And yes, I love money and money love me. All of that <laughs> great stuff. However, right. I want you to know that I literally refuse some people to be on this podcast. We get requests all the time. But your energy, the light that you're allowing to shine through you into this world. So I want Thank you. you to keep letting the you. light
2: shine.
1: Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot.
2: And on that note, man, we are out. All right. Y'all be blessed.
1: You've been listening to Sean Seven and Queen Kimmy. With an IE. Thanks for tuning in to the Boss Effect Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. So that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review.
0: Be sure to share this thing out. Share this thing out. Hey, share this thing out. Share this thing out.
1: Tune in every Tuesday for more exciting insights and wisdom on being your own boss. And until next time, peace and blessings in both life and business. Remember, what works for us might not work for you. So take what you need and leave
2: what you don't.